The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome in the... Oh, now you blew it. You blew it. Okay. (laughs) Try this again. It's a dog days of summer here at the Pride of Detroit POD cast, or should we call them the kitty days of summer? No dogs, but cats. It's damn hot everywhere. And we're just out here. Massive vibe check. Ryan's already on my case. Apparently, this is how this is what the end of June feels like for the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, on find the POD cast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and always watch us live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Woo! Okay. That's good. A little less adequate that Take time. Right. Take a break. I am, as always, the adequate host, Chris Perfett, at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Back from a week of a lot of work um, and had to be tortured by making the last couple podcasts because of uh, this new thing we've created called the scraps, which is completely spiraling out of control. But we'll get to that in a second. Or maybe we won't. Probably we'll save that for another scrap. But on this podcast, third installment of the list cast is starting as we start on with running backs. Yes, running backs. And some maybe some gambling stuff did we talk jeremy into gambling i don't know you'll have to find out in a second first let's bring in that man jeremy reisman fearless leader at detroit online how's it going good i'm good i uh i I decided to give you guys a a a a parting gift and i say parting only in that i'm i'm leaving the apartment that i am currently this is this is the final episode being recorded in this current apartment so we're, you know, we're landmark episode. We're building a new radio free pride to Detroit somewhere in the hinterlands of Michigan. Sure. Um, up in God's country. Let's, Jeremy let's go is going to Jeremy will be coming from an undisclosed bunker beneath the earth. Yeah, it'll it'll look no different to our live audience, considering I'm, I'm just currently sitting in, on Ford Field. It's probably already flooded. If we're being honest. Thank you. Thank you for that thought that the place that I'm going to be <laughs> moving in is currently flooded. Well, you could just be like, I saw some guys in Dearborn on jet skis. You could always do that. Now, I'm not moving in that direction of the of the metro Detroit area, thankfully. Don't give no, people no more hands on where you are. They'll, they'll stop by and try to take Zazu. <laughs> like Never. this man here, the third man, Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. Ryan is decided to betray the great city of Detroit because he is currently wearing a throwback Canucks hat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Looks good. Looks look good. Play good. That's always my mantra. Um, but I, I guess I'm not playing too good because I was at least worried that when Jeremy said we we're getting parting gifts, I thought I was getting fired on air. Mm. Well, well, we'll see how you do on, on this list. cast. Listen, I've been joking so long about Lane Kiffin. Now I'm going to get tarmacked. Jeremy's just going to do me like that. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, it, let, let's just let's just view list cast as also a performance review. OK. <laughs> Well, thankfully, thankfully, I don't think there's anything too psychotic about this list cast, except for, as always, we will bang on people who are not on the show about one of their choices. But I think it's pretty solid. It's solid. I think there's consensus among the big three here. That is that is that's good. 
I don't know about spoilers. Anyway, uh, where are we going to start? So we were talking before about how do we start? As I said, this is this is the dog days of summer. There's not much going on for the NFL. I'm sitting here drinking tea, watching uh, penalty kicks for France and Switzerland. The only really big news I have is that the Lions were shut out of the PFF's top 50 players of 2021. But I think we kind of expected that. To be honest, aside from weirdo grades they gave last year to Trey Flowers for defense, I don't think he actually did. Right. I mean, he only played, what, five or six games? Like, I mean, you look at the Lions roster, and there's really only two candidates, I think, no. that you that you could give to potentially be a top 50 player in this league right now, and it's Frank Ragnow and it's TJ Hawkinson. Two guys that made the Pro yeah. Bowl last year. Frank Ragnow was a second-team All-Pro. And it came out later uh, later today, later on Monday, that the PFF did their their honorable mentions, and Frank Ragnow made the honorable mentions list. Um, cool. Which is fine. I mean, I think part of the reason he didn't make the list was there literally wasn't a center that was listed as a top 50. And PFF said, you know, positional value doesn't matter. So, you know, a, a safety, a corner, theoretically, I guess a punter could could be their number one player if they were that good that game changing um but yeah no centers this, made the list all, so Frank uh, yeah. knocking on the door i guess yeah this is all to lead up to that i've decided to torture jeremy or jeremy's decided to torture himself true i i didn't do this i didn't i want i want the audience to know i did not do this jeremy is going to feed me and ryan lions props yes and we are going to me and ryan <laughs> the infamous successor to the mysterious bovada king and myself are going to sit here. Maybe Jeremy might join in. This is kind of this is what we want to do before camp, we get real into camp battles. I feel like this is a good way to project ceilings for what we think some of the Lions players are going to look like in 2021, which is totals over unders on uh, yardage on various other things that Jeremy has put together for us. Yeah, I mean, consider this a, a potential new segment, depending on, you know, you know, I hate I hate to beg for for advertisers again. Uh, we I think we did a couple weeks ago, but like. This could be the, you know, the, the sports bet roundup, you know, featuring or provided well, we us walked down this road before, though, <laughs> something sports book. Just just throwing it out there. It'd be a just very throwing it out there. I mean, it'd be a very I consider this a preview for me and I consider this a preview for me and Ryan doing our gambling podcast one leg at a time. Maybe this is more like your pilot episode to see if it actually works. Yeah, so technically we need to we need some metrics. I wish, you know, uh, SB Nation could actually help us out and do something for us productive and give us metrics on just the first segment, because this is our it's our test yeah. to see how well, well this is going to by like just sitting here and just faffing about. But yeah. Oh, no, it would be it would be freaking awesome. Yeah. I mean, our, our friend Baltimore Beatdown is in our live chat right now, and he says SB Nation Sportsbook, the SBN SB. It's perfect. I lost track about halfway through on those letters. Maybe we just changed SB Nation to Sportsbook Nation. Sportsbook Nation. I like it. That's that's where the entire uh, sports industry is going, Jeremy. So be careful. That might be a monkey paw that you are (laughs) causing to curl right now. (laughs) All of sports are becoming gambling and it's both good and bad. Well, well, enough dilly dallying. Let's get to some numbers. And, yeah, yeah. And we, we've already we're already cannibalizing written content. So now yes. let's cannibalize the, the, the audio content for gambling content. Let's go, Jeremy. You've given well, into the dark side. Let's I mean, we got to start our prop bets with Jared Goff because that's where all the, the, the hot money is on. That's where all the excitement is on. A lot of people are wondering, how's Jared Goff going to do? And I think we're, we're going to just start with the two main metrics and let's start interceptions. I'm setting the over under at 14 and you guys have to keep this in mind the entire time we're dealing with the 17 game season so past totals you got them bump up by 1 16th so real quick real quick yes ryan do you think jeremy knows what a hook is uh i feel like he knows what a hook is what do you 13 and a half is that what you want no, no, no. I think I don't know. 14 is fine. I'm just I was just curious. I just wanted to make I sure as to, I was reading well, these. I, I just need to know if I tie, do I lose or if I you tie, push. you push. I, I, I don't know. This is Jeremy Sportsbook. I, I just wanted to give you guys the option to, to be crazy and say not over under. You got it directly right. Oh, that's yeah, what I'll you give want. you a plus 10,000 odds for it. This is how we win our jobs back. This is part of the performance. <laughs> this is how I win. Right. Do you want to win? Do you want to win by five dollars or five thousand? Over under is set at 14. 
for context, last year he had 12 interceptions. The year before that, he had 16. The year before that, 13. Um, man, I'm going to. So what year was the 13 interceptions again, Jeremy? That was, was that 2018. That was 18. OK, so 12, 12 last was last year. year. OK, yep. I'm going to go under. I think that the Lions offense that he's going to have, I think the offense he's going to have in Detroit with Anthony Lynn it's going to emphasize more short yardage passing for him. He's going to have a reliable weapon in TJ Hawkinson. I don't think he's going to make a lot of, he's going to be pressed into a lot of risky throws. I think the run game is going to be uh, a little more involved than it was that final year in Los Angeles. I, I think, I think this is the, this is a Jared Goff. You're not really trying to push to the limit this year. You're just trying to rehabilitate. So a lot of the risky stuff is probably going to go out the window. It It's probably the interceptions are probably going to be more likely just from a brain fart that he has than it is any kind of risk he's under, which could still happen. But I, I like that it's interceptions and not turnovers. Cause I worry about his ball I worry about his ball security a little bit more right now than I do his interceptions. I'll take the under. Ryan. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the under just because I think Jared Goff is going to play a risk averse game in 2021. I think that he's going to play a safe game. I don't think that I let's not, I'm not trying to label him to be a game manager. I'm not trying to make him out to be Trent Dilfer. I just think that um, I think that they're going to limit the shots that he takes downfield for the sake of their run game and for a more methodical like sideline to sideline passing game. So uh, I'll take the under. And I think that's kind of bold, though, like with 17 games to say that he'll average, you know, just under an interception a game like that's that's a pretty oh, yeah, that's, that's some right. Solid I forgot. We're going to have that 17th game and that might screw all this up. I warned you, Chris. <laughs> I warned you at the top mm. of the segment. And I, I mean, I, I won't throw in. No, I'll, I'll go. With, here. I'll, I'll go with it. I'll stick with my under. But I, I will remind you, uh, Ryan, though, that Trent Dilford did win a ring. I will Ouch. remind both of you that this is a bad Lions team. And yes, in theory, you, you wouldn't see Jared Goff throwing a lot downfield. But in reality, we might see him have to force some shots in the fourth quarter when this team is trailing by a touchdown or two. That's true. Yeah, but that's when Tyrell Williams brings it down for a touchdown. Go Lions. Boom. Speaking of touchdowns. <laughs> Jared Goff touchdowns. In 2018, he had 32. In 2019, he had 22. In 2020, he had 20. Downward trend there, but I'm going to bounce it back up to 25 touchdowns Ooh. over or under for 2021. Let's go to you, Ryan, first this time. Oh, man. I hate, like, just betting the under is such a unfun thing to do, but I have to do it in this scenario because I don't, I don't see Jared Goff hitting the over on that mark because I think the Lions, when they get inside the... When they get deep in the red zone, like, they get within 10 yards of the... Uh, of the uh, goal line, I think that the Lions are going to do everything they can to utilize their offensive line and just pound footballs into the into the end zone the old fashioned way. So I I'm going to have to say under for uh, for 25 touchdowns, even though I think it's close. I, let, let me say this, Jeremy, as a as a as a bookie, you're doing a phenomenal job you. establishing these. Thank you. Establishing establishing the, the total establishing <laughs> the line establishing <laughs> the props. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll go under. I again, I, I agree with everything Ryan said that betting the under is like betting for um, the bad guys to win sometimes. But it just. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see Jared Goff getting a lot of touchdowns and I see the run game for what touchdowns there are probably filching a lot of those a lot of those uh, touchdowns. So, yeah, under. That's fair. Seventy one percent of the live audience agrees with you. They're also taking the under. Yeah, I like I like this, by the way, that we're doing this with Twitch, like giving them a chance to weigh in, too. Yep. Interactive experience. If you're listening on the podcast, you got to join us live. Uh, But we are giving you the scraps on the podcast, too. True. Make sure to subscribe Um, there. Exactly. Uh, All right. So you say the running game is going to filch a lot of these touchdowns. Let's move to the running game and let's talk specifically about DeAndre Swift. I'm going to cheat and I'm going to take this over under directly from ESPN's projections because they project DeAndre Swift to get 811 rushing yards, 495 receiving yards. So over under 
1,306 you, scrimmage yards. You bastard. You bastard. The idea that a Lions running back would have, and I know it's scrimmage yards, not rushing yards, but that you would tempt me to take the over and implicate we might finally have a 1,000-yard running uh, season from a running back. Which, again, by the way, 17 games, it could happen, but not since Barry, Barry himself, 1,000 yards rushing. I... I've been you taking know, under I've been taking yeah. under all day, but holy crap. Um, damn. Um, well, I can't do dead air. Fuck it. I, screw it. I'll take I'll take the over. I don't feel good about Atta it. a boy. I'm taking the over. I, I'm going to take the over. I think they're going to really put him put him in positions to uh, succeed. Ryan. Yeah, I, I want him to get over 1,300 yards because that means the Lions are doing well. And the second component of it is he's healthy. And I'm just saying that with the way that the NFL running back position goes and with the way that, you know, this current Lions coaching staff like Anthony Lynn view the relationship between Jamal Williams and, uh, and this offense and DeAndre Swift in this offense and viewing him as being complimentary. I'm worried about the filching happening happening here where Jamal Williams is going to take away opportunities, Ooh. potentially injuries take away opportunities. Um, and I, I, God, I'm being the least fun person in the world. And that's I'm how you almost, make money. You just make I, money. Don't be fun. Yeah, just make the money. I guess I be yeah. right. Spend yeah, the money on yeah. fun things. Yeah, Get, make true. your money, make your money, spit, say that you can run an NFL team like horrible Vulgaris did for the NBA and then get fired five years later after you ruined the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I'm condemning the Lions to a really bad season, though. Like if Jared Goff yeah. is like <laughs> I think under 25 touchdowns, DeAndre Swift is under. Yeah, uh, whatever. We all, all right. know this. All right, let's 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 go rapid fire. We got he, two more. Give I think me an over. He's taking the over. <laughs> oh, he's taking the over. So is 94 wow. percent of our live audience. All right, this one's going to be fun. Agreement so far. I don't like this. No, no, no. I'm, I'm staying with under. I just oh, want an over that I can oh, take. You okay, want, okay. Well, yes. too bad, because this next one, you're, you're going to have to choose a player, not an over and under. This is not an over under. Okay. This is okay. most offensive touchdowns for the Detroit Lions, not including Jared Goff. I'm going to give you DeAndre Swift at 2-1 to one odds, TJ Hawkinson at 3-1 to one odds, Tyrell Williams at 5-1 to one odds, Brashad Perriman at 7-1 to one odds, Jamal Williams at 10 to 1 odds and the rest of the field at 15 to 1 odds. This is how I know Jeremy is still a newbie on on booking, though, because it's all to one odds here. It's all very neat and tidy, but I like it for simplicity's sake. For I know, I know, I know, but I I just I wanted to razz you a bit. Uh, I think it's Ryan's turn to go first, actually. Oh, it is my turn to go first. I like the money on Jamal Williams at 10 to 1. Like, that's just like a that's a sexy bet to me. But like if if I'm trying to bet on the sure thing, which is not fun, like don't bet on the sure thing. That's how you lose money. (laughs) Um, I I I mean, Swift makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're making even I mean, you're making double your money on a guy who's going to be, you know, he's going to be in there all the time when they're by the red zone. Like DeAndre Swift's going to be a guy that they're just not going to take out the field. Doesn't matter if he, you know, motions out to the slot. Doesn't matter if he's in the backfield. Sexy bet, Williams. Smart bet, Swift. Sexy bet for me is the field, because I like some of these other receivers that it could be Cephas. I like what could happen in the slot, either be it Cephas or Amon Ross St. Brown with a rookie year. But I think smart bet for me is either Hawkinson or Tyrell Williams. And I'm really struggling between the two. I, I think Hawkinson could be a really good short yardage but i feel like williams is going to establish himself as kind of that veteran in the in the wide receiver room and probably i I think he's going to probably be the go-to weapon for jared goff in this first year i I, i'll take tyrell williams at five to one i like the value there it's a good good middle of the field value good return and good odds interesting Uh, our live audience not being very risky 50 percent are taking hawk at three to one 38 are taking swift at two to one all right, hmm. we're going to go through these last three very, very quickly. I'm not even going to yeah, put it up for go goals, so just you guys. Yeah. All Rapid right, moving to, move to the defense. Over, under 11 total interceptions. Last year, the Lions had seven. The NFL average was 12. Under. Sorry, hate to take the under, but uh, who's going to pull down those interceptions? Tracy Walker leads the team with five. Listen Ooh. to you. You're drunk Love on it. your own supply. I like it. Staying in the secondary here, Jeff Okuda. 
PFF grade of 65 total over under. For reference, 65 would have placed uh, a cornerback 47th out of 121, so about the top third. And Jeff Okuda's grade was 42.5, so that would be a, a 22.5 increase in grade. If you're a Lions fan, you have to be praying for the over because if Jeff Okuda doesn't perform even in the top third of the NFL, you're really wondering why you why why you saw the Lions spend the third overall pick on a guy who isn't quite there yet in his second year when it seems like everything in terms of a coaching staff has been put in place for him to succeed. So I got to I got to take the over. This might be the first over I take. I feel like PFF is going to we're going to do some Detroit versus everybody on PFF this year. But yeah, I, I, I feel like everything Okuda's told me this offseason, it feels like he's got to take the next step this year. This is he he's blaming. He feels like he's blaming a lot of it on the old coaching staff, the old defensive scheme. So, all right. I believe you. I trust you. Let's let's go with this. If I lose the money, I'm coming to your house, Okuda. And then right. I am politely leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Once I see on how door, big he is. He's yeah. not going to answer and then you leave. Yeah. But, but the message will have been sent. Yeah, so stern uh, knock on the door. <laughs> Final one. Lions defense overall ranking by points allowed. I'm putting the over under at 22nd. So is he, are they going to, this is essentially, are they going to be bottom 10 or are they not? They're going to be bottom there. Uh, I, I kind of lost track of which, which way I go here. T- under 22nd. So yeah. Okay. Under, yeah. As in worse than 22nd. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good, folks. I think it will be better. Take, uh, I'm going to take the over, I guess, in the sense, right, that we've established. Um, I mean, that would put them right around in the neighborhood of like having the like New York Giants defense of last year, who allowed 357 points. So, like, I don't know. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I, I, I don't know. I'm betting over. You love Aaron Glenn. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's it. That's fine. Right. Point blank. All right. Well, we got that out of the way. Now you want a list cast. I like this, Jeremy. We might have to turn the rest of this up for the team. Maybe people need to, people should be keeping tabs on us. I hope someone has a spreadsheet now. Oh no, and, I, and I hope they aren't like, that's my, no. I hate that thing. Receipts. I hate when people are like, I hate freezing cold takes. I hate people are like, we got to hold the hot takers accountable and recall. And like, remember all of, all of what they said about predictions before the games. And here's their week to week records. No, that's lame. Go away. Let me have fun. I'm an idiot over here. It's just like betting slips. Although yeah. uh, uh, we should we should say these are for well, entertainment purposes. It's legal in Michigan, but but <laughs> don't 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 just go run out and do the bets that we just did and blame us. That's what I'm trying to no, say. No, wait wait until me and Ryan launch one leg at a time, then or take our gambling advice, and then lose the shirt off your back. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but up coming up next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we're going back into the list cast. Running backs are up this week. Uh, some fun times are ahead. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the Pride to Detroit POD cast. Listcast, Listcast, Listcast. It's back. It's good again. Our third episode of the 2021 NFL Listcast, the original Listcast, where we rank the top ten of a given position in the NFL. It's not strictly Lions content, but we like doing it. We like having fun with it. It allows us to broaden our horizons and look at the rest of the NFL, get some cross exposure. Also, everyone at work at Fox Sports Radio is now having every time I t- they see me working on the list cat, my list cast rankings they are like they want to put in their own opinions or they want to try to crash the show. I'm like, no, this is for us. This is the OG. This is the original, the original trio here that we do this pride of Detroit. Only pride of Detroit does list cast. You, you can't find any positional lists anywhere this time of year. It's only not us. as a podcast. <laughs> Oh, Chris Sims says, wait one second. (laughs) Well, Chris Sims can go somewhere else. Agreed. All right. So we, as always, we pull the staff at Pride Detroit. So it's not just the three of us, although we have our own opinions. We'll be sharing our own top 10 as they come up. Uh, So it's not even the guys just us have in there. 
And we'll talk about some notables before we start. So we have pulled the three of us, Hamza Bakush, John Whitaker, Eric Schlitt, and Mike Payton have all weighed in on this. And we have our top 10. But do we have any honorable mentions you want to start with, Jeremy? There's one I want to talk about. Um, but just if, if there's anyone else you have, I, I want to hit on number 11. But is there anyone else? Well, I mean, let's let's talk about DeAndre Swift because none of us voted for DeAndre Swift, and I I think rightfully so. I don't think he Except deserves to be Mike. in the in this top ten. But Mike did indeed put him at uh, I think six or seven. seven. He, he put, put him, him at seven, seven. Which I mean, listen, we we just came off a segment where we said you know thirteen hundred yards total is is in the realm of possibilities for him, and if he hits that goal, does that make him a top ten running back? Still probably, probably not. not. Probably but not. Here's, he, he here's close, the thing. Right? It, it, it's the one thing I can't do. It's the reason why he doesn't make my list. He hasn't. There, there is nothing to prove that he can do it right now. He right. would have to have a very. Yeah. He is right now. We are grading him completely on potential. He hasn't. Yes. We haven't seen him for a yep. full season. We haven't seen him fully utilized in this new offense. And we just need to know what he is before I start entertaining the notion of projecting him as a, as a top 10. Yeah. He wasn't a top 10 coming out of college either. And so here's a th- I, two quick notes about my list and, and how I came up with it. One, like Chris just mentioned, I think it's really hard to uh, pull the running back apart from their offensive line. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that you think about where, or where and how this yep. player will play independent of anything else. So like those two things are inextricably linked to one another. I mean, just look at Ezekiel Elliott, right? Right. Um, but, uh, so, so that's, that's the one challenge therein lies. And that's why the second thing is, is like, I value those running backs who kind of do more work and outperform their offensive lines. And there's some numbers that Jeremy tweeted out from, I f- forget who it was, but there were some really good numbers of showed like running back yards before contact and then after, after contact and, and things like that. So like that definitely changed my perception for my list as well. Yeah, the other thing, too, is like this is a position that it's really hard to. I, there, there's some guys on this list who I didn't want to put up that high because I just keep thinking to myself, A, can they stay healthy or B, they're coming off of injury. Are they going to be the same person? It's an injury prone position. It's a position where at any point you could just break down and fall off a cliff. Ask Todd Gurley and just it. It's so hard to do this. And there's some guys even high up on my list who I'm like, ooh, but he's had some, mm, he got hurt last year. Mm, is he going to be the same? But you just have to kind of, you have to kind of trust the process a little bit. And I, I want to talk about one guy that, that didn't make the collective list, but made my list. And I'm, and part of me is only saying this because I, I see that Baltimore beatdown is, is watching us live, but also because I, I think he's an interesting case that kind of goes towards both of Ryan's point in that he comes from an offense that he's 1000% benefiting from um, having a guy like Lamar Jackson and a, and a team that runs the ball like crazy. But he also has a very interesting stat that makes him kind of look very, very good. And that's JK Dobbins, who was my number 10. Um, like I said, definitely benefits from being on the Ravens. I don't know if he would have been as effective in his rookie year as he was last year on any other team, but one interesting set that I looked when I was making my list was um, rushing yards over expected, which measures, you know, what what a, a normal running back would get in a running play versus what they what this running back did. And J.K. Dobbins was second in the league in, in rushing yards over expectations per attempts with a, a per every attempt at one point six seven. So um, I think I think he's worthy of discussion. I understand he didn't make the list. You know, it doesn't have a lot to prove. And because he's on a team that that really, um, you know, he benefits from his, his supporting cast, but I think he, he deserves to be in the conversation. Right. And I know number 11, who I want to talk about, cause he was my 10, I believe. And he was on, I think Ryan's list as well, but just, I think, I think John and Hamza had him, but just, he was always low on a lot of these lists. So I think some guys edged him out just on overall points was the chargers, Austin Eckler, who again, some injuries early on. I haven't really gotten to see, too much out of a full season out of him. What we've seen so far of him has been very promising, but he hasn't, he, he got hurt last year. He only played 10 games and you just, he's, he's in those, you've seen the flash, but you haven't seen the full potential that could come out of him. And it's just, it's hard, man. I I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. The thing that I liked most about Austin Eckler, because he was on my list and I believe he was actually number nine 
Um, but he's PFF's highest receiving grade at running at running back over the yeah, last two seasons. 83% catch rate last year, 85% yeah. in 2019. And I mean, this is a league that has guys like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb and like Austin Eckler is the best out of all of them when it comes to catching the ball, which is such an important trait as a running back now. So that's why he was on my list. Yeah, it's just tricky. And the reason he wasn't on my list is because he isn't isn't quite like those other guys because he hasn't quite brought it as a runner. I mean, he's never had more than 600 yards in a season rushing. And so to be kind of that, to me, to be the top 10 back, um, you need both. You either need to be both or you need to be the best. And, and you could argue, yeah, Austin Eckler might be the best receiving back in, in the league. You could certainly argue that. And I, I wouldn't push back too much. But um, you'll, you'll see a lot of the that, – that's kind of the challenge with some of these lists, right, is like you have some of these pure workhorse backs that you want to be num- – you want to rank number one in the league. But at the same time, if you've got a guy that's rushing and receiving for nearly 1,000 yards each, like that's, that's, that's almost better. Right. Mm-hmm. There's some guys who can be workhorse forever, and we'll talk about them one later. But we should start in the top ten now, and at number ten to get us started from the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor ranks in at number ten. Uh, rookie last year, but Jeremy, what a rookie season he had! Already a th- over eleven thousand yards. Um, eleven, excuse me, but eleven hundred yards rushing right off the bat. Uh, I think close to about all just south of 1500 yards from scrimmage like he's he's going to be a weapon for Carson Wentz if Carson Wentz can throw the football yeah and and this this certainly goes to to one of Ryan's points where it's like is is it Jonathan Taylor is it the supporting cast because anytime you got a guy like Quentin Quentin Nelson blocking in front of you you're you're definitely going to benefit from that but I mean beyond that 10th in PFF grade with a 80.7 score fifth in or i'm sorry seventh in yards per carry so not only does he have a ton of yards but he's he's averaging a lot per carry at 5.0 um yeah just a heck of a rookie year um i had him on my list i think at 10 or 9 so um just a a a guy that i think has a has a really bright future and and if you can come in on your rookie year and do something like that it's usually a pretty good sign that you're going to hold on to that and i think i think running back is a youth a young man's game so uh, I, I, my list is going to be heavy on young guys, and um, he's going to be the only rookie on my list other than J.K. Dobbins. Um, but um, I think I think he he earned it, and I think only only greater things are ahead for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, real quick, I I just want to say that I think I really unfairly wrote him off because he had such a slow start to last season, mm-hmm. and he was getting passed up for other guys like Neam Hines, mm-hmm. and um, it, it it seemed like oh, and and Marlon Mack even um, before before the injury and everything, so. Um, that's where it was like, well, he can't really get it going as the share. But then as the season went on, when he became more of that workhorse back, that's when he like showed that he had that potential. So uh, no fault. Um, he wasn't on my list, but he, you can make a great case that he belongs like at 10 or nine. Well, number nine was not on my list, but I know he got a lot of, he was on a lot of lists from a lot of other people. Um, and that's Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. He comes in at at our number nine. Um, Maybe it's just the cowboy hate in me. Maybe it's everything you're talking about being tied in with your offensive lines. I just I've seen Zeke's production start to decline recently, and I downward trends for running backs are something that scares the hell out of me. I think by talent alone, he's still very good. I don't know if he's top ten, but clearly everyone else disagrees with me. I, I think but he, he would have been like odd. He would have been like twelve on my list or so. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I don't know if I can totally fault you for having him off your list completely. I had him at number seven um, just because I think that this is a make or break year for Ezekiel Elliott. I think that this really is either, you know, he does something more than average, a paltry like four yards of carry. That's something that that's somebody that you don't draft with the top five pick. Um, and uh, we've seen in the NFL that like those running backs aren't sacred. Like the Jaguars cut Leonard Fournette just mm-hmm. last season. Um, these first round running backs Gurley. are, yeah, Todd Gurley. I mean, twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So I, it, it's just, it's one of those positions where I can see the Cowboys just saying it's time to cut bait because you don't have it anymore. And I'm just betting on him having that year this year. I'm with Chris. Wasn't on my list. I, 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 I like, I, I don't know. It, 
it, it it's tough to call a 25 year old soon to be 26 year old old in this league but but there, it feels old doesn't it it i mean yeah it's a sixth season there and and who has been run more into the ground than a guy like ezekiel elliott like he's the tread is bare and i'm not saying he doesn't have anything left the guy in in a quote unquote bad year still ran for four yard four point zero yards per carry, almost a thousand yards, and, and and six touchdowns. But but like Chris said, like you see a downward trend on a running back. Like I, I know the offensive line isn't what it used to be in Dallas, but that's scary. He has had he has had close to eleven hundred rushing touches in four years. Yeah, that's touches, not that. That's like he gets the ball and has to run it eleven hundred times. That's yeah. And then I mean, I I don't like to harp too much on this because I feel like it's a little bit more random than we give it credit for. But like fumbles are kind of becoming a significant issue. Yeah, he start protecting the ball. He had six fumbles last year. It's not good. Yeah, and six two years before that. Yeah. I think there there was one game last year I remember watching. It was a primetime game. I think he had either two or three. So it was like one of those games where he just like completely yeah. fell apart. Yeah. 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 All right. Number eight. And uh, I originally did not. I mentioned Fox Sports Radio, so I have to take a drink there. But I originally did not have him on this guy on my list until. Uh, did we just lose a bot? Yeah, we did. Yep. I originally did not have this guy on my list. Uh, my friend Brian No, uh, Portland Radio. Hey, you really should be probably having him on your list. And that was our number eight running back from the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs. Who, yeah, he's good. He's very good. I'm probably ignoring him a little bit because he was the Raiders, but he's going to be in his junior year here. He has had 2,000-yard rushing seasons. He's done that on... I believe close to about 500 touches. So it's about an average of 250 touches per year. Uh, total yards from scrimmage, 1,300 in both years he's done. And yeah, I, you got to expect that with the Raiders offense needing whatever it can, it'll, he'll get plenty of work. Yeah, I, I think with Josh Jacobs, um, he's one of those case studies where it seems like he's good and if he's going to get great, it's going to happen sooner than later. And if it doesn't turn into something great, then can every he can be an, he can be a jag. Like, I, yeah. I, I think he's good. It's just I, I wonder if he's going to be great um, and, and kind of like stay in this top 10 list because I can see him easily list, falling so out. Yeah, yeah, I could easily see him falling out. Um, and I, I, I like him. It's just I don't love him enough to put him in the top 10. We're, we're putting Maybe. a lot of hesitancy on our on our bottom five right now, just because that's yeah. just what the position is. I, yeah, I I don't have any hesitancy about Josh Jacobs being on my list at all. I, I've, I've watched a lot of Raiders games and that dude, that, that team, that team is nothing <laughs> without Josh Jacobs. That, that dude, yeah, he, that dude carries the team like Matthew Stafford carried the Lions for years. And and I know the stats weren't great last year, you know, four four yards to carry, three point nine yards per carry, whatever it was. But that's because teams no, but that's workhorse numbers. That's because yeah. the, the Raiders didn't have anything else. Like I know Derek Carr had an okay year, but it's only because Josh Jacobs garnered so much attention. And and yeah, sure, good backs are, are still able to to do okay in that, but um, I, I think people realize how good of a back he was in 2019 and, um, you know, just keyed in on him. So the, the Raiders are going to have to find a way to, to free him a little bit because I do think he's an extremely talented guy. And I think he's a, a, a top 10 guy for sure. Yeah, 12 touchdowns last year. Like, uh, yeah, and that's I'd considered probably, a bad year that. for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number seven. And uh, I'm surprised this guy is down as far as he is. Maybe it is because of injuries and we just haven't seen too much of him, but his first year in the league, I thought this guy was electric. Uh, Saquon Barkley of the New York football giants. He, he was a hard one to place, right? I mean, coming yeah. off a pretty, pretty serious injury here. Um, and I think I, I, before that he was a, a, a top two guy, right? He was a guy that the, I think we all agreed was yeah. 2018. You know, yeah. He, he's, he, he averaged five yards that year, 4.6 the next year. Uh, again, a guy that New York is just, leaning on so heavily and it was clear to see why they leaned on him he was very he, he's protected the ball he only has had one fumble in his entire career and he just he does whatever the giants need him to do 
Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, he's he's that balanced guy. It's, I mean, his rookie season was unbelievable. 1,300 yards, 5.0 yards per carry, and then another, another 721 receiving yards. The guy did everything. He was the entire offense. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, everyone who saw that rookie year was like, maybe the Giants better slow down and not completely... <laughs> you know, wear this guy out early in his career. Those guys kind of turned out to be right because he misses three games the next yeah, season. 300, 350 touches his, his rookie year. Yeah. Like between, between rushing and, and receiving, like he's gotten yeah. a lot already. Torn ACLs are tricky, man. You can, you can come back from them. We, we've seen it a few times, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but I, I still think the dude is insanely talented. No questioning his talent. I don't think anybody can question his talent. On talent alone, he, he's a top 10 guy. I have Ezekiel Elliott ahead of him. I have um, Zeke at 7 and, and Barkley at 8. Because I just think, in terms of how much wear they've had, even though, you know, even though Barkley just got into the league not too long ago, like, I mean, he had over 600 carries at Penn State. And I mean, over another hundred receptions too. So, I mean, this is a guy who like, that was a concern coming into the NFL was like, he's got a lot of wear on him. And then he has a huge rookie season. And it's just like, we've seen like a constant degree. And I mean, I don't know. We, we've seen a downward trend rather than an, the upward one that you would expect. Yeah. I think, I think though, when, when it comes to him, like, I don't know if I've seen a consistent downward trend yet, but yeah, as, as Jeremy said, again, this is a guy who I just, I'm worried about injury, but he could be I, I am hoping for a healthy season out of him just because I want to see him play. He's electric when he plays. No question. And, and to go to Ryan, Ryan is being very on brand, you know, putting Ezekiel Elliott above him because Ezekiel Elliott workhorse back, but he doesn't miss a lot of games. He's missed two in the past two total in the past three years. And so mm-hmm. best ability availability. We know it. Number six <laughs> is something that I think Lions fans are not ready to uh come to terms with but it's aaron jones who i thought originally could be higher but i had to rejigger some numbers i put him down a little lower but i don't think he's a product of just aaron Rodgers. i think that this guy when you have two seasons for a combined three thousand yards from scrimmage you're averaging over five yards a touch across both those i think what was it he's only had one he, he's been five Three seasons with 5.5 yards per carry, only one season below five. And just 16, 16 touchdowns in 2019. He's kind of doing everything there for, for them right now. And it's why, I mean, the Packers should be worried if they lose Aaron Rodgers, but they have a great fallback plan if they do lose Aaron Rodgers, which is just give the ball to Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no question he's not a product of, of Aaron Rodgers because in 2019, he was the best Aaron on the team. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> did not have a very good year. Aaron Jones had yep. a fantastic year, as he said, 16 touchdowns. And yeah, I think I need to repeat the 16 touchdowns that. and three three receiving touchdowns on top yeah. of that, too. 19 I, touchdowns total that year. I, I need to re- reiterate what you said before. In three out of his four seasons, he's had 5.5 yards per carry in each of those seasons. That is insane. Mm-hmm. If, if you, I, I imagine if you're listening to the podcast, you know what the NFL average is. It's like 4.2. And so even in the one year he didn't have 5.5, he had 4.6. In a career, he's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Dude is I, crazy good. I think the more that you dig into the numbers with Aaron Jones, like you realize that like having him at six is a mistake. Like he should be much higher. Because like you need to even consider the other things. Like consider the... The shells that are getting moved around in Green Bay, like, you know, the Packers are willing to let Jamal Williams go and they will pay Aaron Jones. And it seems like when they could just like hold on or they could just pass off on to any other running back. Right. Like if they're so comfortable with Jamal and they draft A.J. Dillon, it seems like Aaron Jones is kind of expendable, is he not? Nope. They rack out for him. And that's something that Green Bay doesn't often do. Like, and I I think that shows you how valuable Aaron Jones is. Like, he is really freaking good. I mean, 5.5 yards a carry, like you said, Jeremy. That's that's absurd. Like, if any of the guys who are above him on this list, like if you just swapped out Aaron Jones name with another one of these guys, like we would have a complete different perception. I think of Aaron Jones. Like he belongs higher. 
no slouch in the catching game too. I think he is career over like 71% catch. And that's actually, he's pulled down a little bit because his rookie year, I think he only had a 50% catch rate, but every other year since then, he's north of 72%. Like, yeah, he's a threat in the, in the receiving game too. That That's important to, yeah. to note because yeah, I mean, it'll be, it's, it's becoming more necessary in today's game. It will be interesting to see what those catch numbers are going to be affected by if it's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it could affect his rushing numbers because maybe teams start planning more for Aaron Jones than they do Aaron Rodgers. But I think if you're planning more for your running back than for the quarterback, that just shows you again how good you are as a running back. All right, let's take a quick break here. Once again, 10, Jonathan Taylor, 9, Ezekiel Elliott, 8, Josh Jacobs, 7, Saquon Barkley, 6, Aaron Jones. We'll do our top five on the other side when we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit list cast for running backs for the 2021 NFL season. Yes, yes. Third segment, we'll do our top five now. We'll recap everything at the end. So this guy at number five, and he once again, like, I love what he can bring. But again, I'm worried about injuries a little bit, and I hate that I have to be worried about injuries because we are doing another NFC North running back. You know it's Dalvin Cook at number five. Just, I mean, I, I what what else do we need to do? What what else do I need to say? Like almost worry coming back, but to almost Jeremy, what was it, 1,900 yards from yeah, scrimmage last games. year? Yeah, like, I don't averaging know. 111 yard rushing yards a game too. Yeah, so I mean, he would have he would have been right right next up to to two thousand yards if he had played a full sixteen game mm-hmm. season. And I would say, you know, now that it's a seventeen game season, he has a real good shot at two thousand yards rushing this year. Five five point zero yards per carry as well. I mean, to me, he's one of one of those dying breed you know workhorse backs and uh, an absolute monster that can break out a eighty yard run at any any time you want, especially. If you're, I don't know, playing 10 guys on the field at once, um, Delvin Cook might, <laughs> might, might bust out a, a 76-yarder on you or so. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised he was this low. He was my number three. I think I think he's just, he does everything. And and even even a little bit of receiving. Like, last year he only had 361 yards receiving, but the year before that it was 519. Um, he, he brings that aspect to his game while being one of those really handful of guys that, that can be, I think, considered a workhorse back. Yeah, that, that was Goose actually voicing his displeasure with having Dalvin Cook at five. He couldn't believe that we had him this low because he he brought up as I was walking him out of the room, he's like, do you know how bad the Vikings offensive line is? Do you know what Dalvin Cook has to overcome yeah. in, order, in, order, in order to put up the stats that he puts up? So, um, And he's right on all accounts. I, It's just you're running out of room. You know what I mean? Like, especially with the running backs, like I we're getting to this point where it's like, it's not the guys who are really struggling with injuries anymore. Cause like, it seems like Dalvin cook is, is kind of past that. Um, but now we're getting into the guys where like, Oh, you're really picking favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I, next, I, I, yeah. I definitely think like once we got to Aaron Jones at six, all these guys are established. All these guys are top potential top five guys. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and just put them in order of your own personal preference. Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, I'm probably playing favorites with our number four because I had him number two. And I totally understand why he's probably lower. And that is of the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. I think I know why he's lower. He's got to share a field with Kareem Hunt. I think I know why he's lower. It's because of, you know, he had the he had the knee injury last year. He misses four games but I think he has the most upside going into the season. I, I genuinely, I look at what he, what he's done so far in his career. He, he's done it on. We, we talk a lot of about these guys being North of 300 rushing touches a, a year, a year. He hasn't Chubb's done all of that while being under 300. I think that, that year he had, I, what was it? 2019. He had, I believe, 
a, just shy of 1,500 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. He did it on 299 touches. This, this is a tough one yeah. for me yeah. because I feel like I'm kind of personally responsible for him being this low on the list because I had him at 5.6 yards per carry last year, by the way, before his injury, yeah. too. I mean, the dude, in, in terms in terms of just running the ball, he's where Ezekiel Elliott was like three years ago. Like, he's that good. He's that much of a game changer. He, he, he I mean, he, he's just he's just a huge weapon that the defenses are, are going to have to game plan around. I guess the only reason I had him that low, and, and even looking back at it, I, I, I think I made a mistake, is, is that he's not the dual threat guy. He, you know, he doesn't bring much in terms of receiving. Um, and and that, that to me is a big deal. It, it's, it's worth noting. But, I mean, when you're, you know, one or two or three in terms of just running the ball, which Nick Chubb absolutely is, maybe you can forgive that a little bit more. But uh, I, I think the, the problem is just that everyone else on this list can, can give a little bit more. And, and Nick Chubb is, is just a running fiend. I think the same can be said about why Austin Eckler snuck onto the bottom of my list as you just said, Jeremy, is yeah. for the reason why Nick Chubb is as high as he is, is because he is such an incredibly good runner yeah. that I, I can I can turn a blind eye to some of the aspects sure. of his game that I wish he was a little bit more developed at. But the, the stat for me that does it, 488 carries over the past two years, 124 broken tackles. Yeah. I broken mean, you can't take him yeah. down. You just can't take him down. And like the the chart that Jeremy had uh, had shared out um, about yards before contact and yards after contact, I, Nick Chubb was one of the rushing attacks that belonged to like one of the highest yards after contact totals in the NFL. So um, yeah. and to yeah. go to go right along with that, the, the rushing yards over expected set that I was talking about uh, earlier with J.K. Dobbins, Nick, Nick Chubb is number one and, yeah, and it's yeah. not particularly close. Yeah, <laughs> I just I look at his upside. I, I think he has more upside going into this year than Christian McCaffrey. But we'll go into that later on. But number three, could have probably guessed this guy would be here. I don't I don't have him as high on my list because mostly it's just I look at the Saints and I think everyone they have is a, is a product of a scheme. But Alvin Kamara is still if, if he is a product of scheme, he's a very good product of that scheme. He's very good. And Alvin Kamara is our number three. Yeah, Al- Alvin Kamara belongs here for a variety of reasons. I mean, he's just done. If you want to talk about like the complete guy that Jeremy was talking about earlier, you know, when we were talking about Nick Chubb, like you can't dream up a better version of who that could be than Alvin Kamara, because he Mm -hmm. can do it all as a runner, whether it's inside the tackles or outside, if it's in the screen game, if it's splitting him out wide in the slot to do something like Alvin Kamara can do absolutely everything. And he's done it for such a long time. And the craziest thing about it is that it seems like almost every year he has a guy in the backfield who is, you know, taking opportunities away from him. Yeah. Whether, whether it's Mark Ingram yeah, or he hasn't or had a single Murray. on the ground, he hasn't had a single season where he breaks a thousand yards, but he right. makes up for it. As you say, <laughs> in those receiving yards. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I think this year is going to be very telling, like without Drew Brees, a new quarterback, how much can they trust and how much can they put on Alvin Kamara's plate? And can he produce at the level that they'll need him to in order to, to be, you know, a top offense? <clears throat> I'm betting on him being able to do it. It, it. It's funny because you said Alvin Kamara, you know, he's, he's done it for such a long time. And, and when I was first putting this list together, I'm like, is he, is he, is, is he edging near that part where he's going to fall off? And I'm like, let me, let me look at his career set. It's been four years. That's it. Like it, it, I, I was expecting to see like six, seven years under his career. He's only been around for four. He's still twenty five, about to turn twenty six. But but you're right. Like he's done his he's done his shit like, every single year. Right out of the box as a rookie, he was right. doing this. Yes. Yeah. And career five point oh yards per carry. Like that's phenomenal number there. And and I mean he put up his most career yards last year, right? That was the most nine hundred and thirty rushing yards, career high. 756 receiving yards, second highest of his career. Put them together. He's still playing phenomenally. I don't think he's yet going to hit that wall. And I think maybe even more so without Drew Brees, maybe now he becomes an even bigger focus of this offense. Chris, is DeAndre Swift, is that his ceiling? Alvin Kamara? Like, 
I I think it's lower than Alvin Kamara. If I, I'm not going to lie, I don't think it's that high because Kamara is special. Kamara is like again. I worry about Saints guys sometimes just because I I wonder how much it is kind of replaceable. But I had the same doubt about Michael Thomas. This is maybe one of my weird ticks when it comes to the Saints. But mm-hmm. again, as I said, if he's a product of scheme for for even like forty percent of it, it's still a good forty percent. I just don't yeah. see that with with Swift that. He could like Swift is the Camara mo- is the model for Swift, but it's going to be a knockoff. It's not going to be a, a, a better sequel. All right. Number two, <laughs> number two, once again, really splitting hairs here, really splitting hairs here. But I know everyone is in love with this guy and you want to see a full season out of him from the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey. Who wants I mean, to talk about it? Who wants to talk about our glorious boy? They're just. It, all you have to really do to, to justify putting Christian McCaffrey in the top two here is just go back and watch the highlights from, from 2018 and 2019. It, it, it's, not, it's not even, you can throw whatever stats you want out there. It's the way he's gaining those yards that is just so much fun and so impressive to me because he'll, he'll be leaping over guys, he'll be juking guys, he'll be running over. Like, again, do it all back, and, and the receiving is just out of control, but the dude, the dude, rushes i mean that 2019 season 1300 almost 1400 yards rushing a thousand yards receiving we're talking we're talking collective 2400 yards that's that's ridiculous ridiculous yeah it's nuts and you know i think one of the things that chris values the most um that he keeps on coming back to is like those catch rates and receptions and christian mccaffrey 388 targets in his nfl career and he's only dropped nine of them like I mean, he's he he is probably the most complete ideal back that isn't the guy who's number one. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. is. It's almost like he's, he's the ideal anti- in a different way antithesis. from our number one. Yeah, yeah. He's the antithesis of who number one is, and you can just as easily say like, "Hey, watch these make a switcheroo and and put Christian McCaffrey number one." I, mean, I me, wouldn't. He's, he's, he's Alvin Kamara that can also be a workhorse back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally wouldn't do the switcheroo because I think this guy not only is our number one, not only is a freak of nature. I think this guy is Hall of Fame bound probably already. Um, Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. 2000 yards on the ground last year. That's all I got to say. 2000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 126.7 yards per game average on the ground. Christian McCaffrey might represent the new model of running back of of catch of catch heavy, but also being a workhorse. Derrick Henry is the throwback, but he's the throw. He's a throwback for a reason. He's a throwback because he has every gift that God has given to him and he is using it because he's a monster. He's a damn monster, and he's doing it with not that great of an offensive line in Tennessee either. Just I, it's Henry. It, it's it's Henry. This guy is insane. Just watching him play, watching him run over people. I, just, I forget about the catch rates. Forget forget about all that. This guy is a monster. This guy is 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 a tank on a blitzkrieg. When when we were talking about wide receivers, I talked about Tyreek Hill and how it's ridiculous that there can be someone so fast in on a field of people that are so fast. It's ridiculous to me what Derrick Henry can do to a bunch of world-class athletes on the football field as well. What he did to Alexander Myers, the Detroit Lions 10th string cornerback that had to play a couple of years ago, he, for lack of a better term, bitch slapped him so hard. And and he'll do, do that to I, anybody. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be a tenth string defensive back. His stiff arm is ridiculous. His strength is ridiculous. You shouldn't be able to embarrass people at the NFL level at the way Derrick Henry does, but he is that good. He is that special. And yes, he'll be a Hall of Famer. I think a lot of guys on this list will be a Hall of Famer. I think I think Christian McCaffrey has that. I think Alvin Kamara might already be one. Maybe because but like he, he I look revolutionized right the game, but Derrick yeah. Henry is one, no question. If you had the shot to to spend a high round draft pick on Derrick Henry, you would, Jeremy. No, 
<laughs> Come on, look at him. Nope. He's a monster. He's a freak. You mentioned uh, he's, he's faster than everyone. He's bigger than everyone. He's stronger than everyone. Sure. Play a position that matters. I, <laughs> Jeremy. He is tight. The Titans <laughs> offense right there. Jeremy is the epitome of trolls right now. Um, but the stat that was nuts to me that I read about Derrick Henry, 2,758 yards after contact since the start of the 2019 season. And that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's almost a thousand more than any other back over that span. Ridiculous. Yeah. He's the one worry. The one knock on Henry is again, we have to look at how many touches he's getting. He had almost 400 from scrimmage touches between receiving and rushing last year, uh, 320 the year before that. And he came out of college with Alabama using him nonstop because he was even more of a monster in college. There's a reason he won the Heisman because they just kept feeding him the ball. It's if there is any chink in that armor on Derrick Henry is that he has been used quite a lot, but he's built. You look at how does that strength and endurance, and he's the one guy who I just, I don't worry as much about that. Cause I think he has those kind of monster truck treads on him. I think he's the most underutilized. I don't want to say underappreciated, but like, I feel like he could just be a face for the NFL and he's not like, why is Derrick Henry not like a face for the NFL? I have the answer right here. Are you ready for it? He plays for the Titans, Ryan. He plays for the Titans position, but nobody cares about the Tennessee Titans. I'm sorry if any friends from Nashville are watching, but this is like they are less relevant to the conversation of the NFL than the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sorry. They are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't even care if they play in Nashville. Nobody you you tell someone a Titans game is on TV who's not from Nashville. Nobody's lining up to watch that. It's like asking people to watch a Chargers game. That's what's crazy to me, though, is that they just weren't able to capitalize on that Houston fan base that they originally had, like transferring over with them, especially once Houston got the Texans back. I don't think many Houston fans moved over to Tennessee again. It's it's Nashville. I'm sorry. But like you're you're right, because I did see Derrick Henry and I agree we should push Derrick Henry and anyone who knows football knows you want to watch Derrick Henry run people over. Like, that's the thing about his game is that it's like one of the most like isolate, like you can isolate Derrick Henry and it's just amazing to watch. And like, it doesn't take, it takes even like the, the most casual or like non-interested football fan to watch Derrick Henry highlights and be like, holy crap, that guy is like, yeah, he's doing things that you shouldn't do to other human beings. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a run game. You know exactly what he is doing. It is the, the, again, Jeremy doesn't like r- rushing, but it is the pure essence of football right there. That's it. I'm just running it over was. people, scoring it touchdowns. It was the pure essence of football. It was the pure essence of, of uh, Trisha's football. Not yeah. today. Not today. I'm going to go Mons. back. In, I'm going to go back in time and kill the forward pass. Boys with a time machine going back and and destroying Notre Dame. So the forward pass is never invented. I don't I don't talk about a monkey's paw like that. that <laughs> you, you are not going to like what you see when you get to 2020. Talk about baseball and it's going to suck. <laughs> I'm probably all still talk like it, too. We're like, ah, did you watch the Yankees last night? Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, could you imagine that as someone who's as someone who passingly enjoys fantasy sports? I played fantasy baseball one time when I was in high school. And never again. No, no, I love baseball. I love baseball just fine as a sport, but I do not like it as much as football. Did we start Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, if if we want to take this conversation on, we're going to have to add another 20 minutes to the podcast. (laughs) No, 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 no. We're we're stopping it here. Let me top 10. Although I need to remember where some of these guys are playing too. (laughs) Just realize what you meant when you said the voice. All right. Oh, God. Number 10, Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis Colts. Number nine, Ezekiel Elliott, Dallas Cowboys. Number eight, Josh Jacobs, the Roaming Raiders, Las Vegas. 
Saquon Barkley, New York football giants. You got to include the football part to sound like a dick. Number six, Aaron Jones, cheeseheads. Number five, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota Vikings. Number four, Nick Chubb, the other team that looks like losers that aren't the Lions. Number three, Alvin Kamara, New Orleans cheaters, Bounty Gate. We're throwing Bounty Gate references? Yeah, 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 sure. Number two, Christian McCaffrey. Wish he played in a better place than the Carolina Panthers. Number one, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. Lizcast 2021. Tennessee irrelevance. I already got my shot ins on on Tennessee. We're we're gonna get more people. We're gonna get another fan base asking to fire me. (laughs) I, I well, I think one thing we won't get is is people being like, oh, I, I I'm not worried about missing out on the podcast anymore after listening to this. <laughs> With that note, we close up the Friday Detroit POD cast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to everyone who's watching us live on Twitch. Look for this on your feeds. Well, you're already found it, but look for the scraps later on your feeds, probably a day after this one hits the feeds. Look for more podcasts later in the week. Look for our green room podcast. We're more Lions Q&A coming your way here. And as always, we'll see you star side.